you're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our float centers, and we love giving tips on everything that we've learned about starting and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Art of the Float, on Twitter and Instagram at Artful Floating, and as always, on your computer, your laptop, or your cell phone, you can join the show by leaving a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. Just click on the gold bar on the left side of the screen and you can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. We've got a couple for you tonight. And uh, also on artofthefloat.com is where you can find show notes, links, pictures of anything we talk about on any given episode. I am Dylan. I own the float shop with my wife, Sandra, in Portland, Oregon. And I'm joined with Lance of the Float Shack in Red Deer, Canada. Hello. Nice. And Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. Hey, y'all. How you doing? I'm good. I was gone for a week. That was weird. Uh, I don't know what that was like for you guys recording, but I did not know what day of the week it was. Every single day after that, it was the weirdest experience. I had no idea. Tuesday night, our recording night, is my... <laughs> my met- it sets my metronome for the week, apparently. It's like the only <laughs> consistent thing in my life, I think. So that was very odd i kept thinking oh got a prep got a prep or got a oh wait no it's passed <laughs> that's that's already done <laughs> oh very very strange <laughs> which i i gotta say um well you know what i'll i'll get into that uh later but um just so you guys know uh the reason that i was gone is we had an issue with our infinity float tank uh some tile cracking because of corrosive epsom salt which was ironic to me because in just the previous episode we had talked about as long as you have good maintenance, you're going to be fine. Um, but uh, really, it was a poor choice on the tile I had purchased and the caulk that I used. Um, so uh, basically, I wanted these nice little uh, accents that run, ran along the infinity tank, and they were porous tile, and I used a different... Uh, you know, I didn't use caulk there i used grout and that was my mistake and i didn't use like a polyurethane or an epoxy grout i just used uh regular stuff and tried to seal it and that was dumb and uh, apparently i was trying to cut corners and i, I paid the, the price for that so uh tuesday night i was redoing that and um i think i did a much better job this time and the employees are really happy with it so that's nice uh, so we don't have a, a real specific topic for today. I, I want to definitely talk about our weeks, and I want to talk a little bit more about last week's episode and, and just a few show updates, that kind of thing, and um, a little bit, just a little bit more open-ended, just a little bit time to breathe, no guest on the show, and we really just get to get a chance to talk, so I'm excited about that. But as always, first, I want to give a shout-out to Floataway, uh, who is going to be at the Float Conference. Uh, I did, um, in last week's episode, I let everybody know that we will not have our new float tank installed, and it will not be on display either. So that's really important. It turns out that shipping uh, wasn't able to meet the needs for that. So it's a little disappointing, uh, but by all means, it'll be there next year. And of course, if you want to just try out a Tranquility float tank in general, uh, we still have that at the float shop if you want to. And of 
course, Colin and Jenny will be all ears if you want to talk to them about float away bloat tanks. You can get a peek at what they have to sell now at www.floataway.com and check out their wide array of float tanks. I think tranquility seems to be what people think of when they think of float away, but they do offer quite a few different styles of float tanks that are really amazing. I mean, I've definitely talked about the float arounds in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Those are some fantastic float tanks. So, um, yeah, uh, check them out, www.floataway.com. So, uh, okay, <laughs> I got to say, and, and it's kind of funny, I, I, neither of you said anything, I didn't say anything about last week's episode, or at least hardly anything, um, and I was curious if you guys thought that was odd or not, but basically, uh, I thought you guys did an amazing job, I thought that was fantastic, I loved listening to it, I thought your guys' flow was fantastic, I thought you did a great job with Chris on the show, um, I find that my IQ, like as soon as we hit the record button, it just drops because all of a sudden I'm thinking about the flow of the show. I'm thinking about the bullet points that we're talking about and everything. And and I, I just get a little, just a little dumber as soon as I hit that record button. Man, Lance, I thought you in particular, like you grabbed the reins. They're like, you, you said I'm the host of the show tonight. And and um, something that I think I don't like to admit to myself is that um, there is kind of a, a main host and I, I'm I'm the, the main host of the show, and I want it to just be us three co-hosts, but um, it, it's really interesting that there does kind of need to be a bit of a, a guide or a leader through through the episode, and I've, I've become that, and, um, and I want to talk about that a little bit more, but I just got to say, man, I thought you grabbed the reins and ran with it. It did so good. I was just uh, all smiles while listening to the episode. Amy, you knock it out of the park every week. What, what more can I say? <laughs> but... Uh, um, so I just want to say just thanks. Yeah. Thanks for no. being awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we do. We're all, in this, we're all in this together. It's, it's the trio. So, right. Yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> I think, I think there, there is a, a different role in, in our hosts situations. And like, I, I, I give the intro and all that stuff. And as soon as you started giving the intro, you, I think you felt that, that uh, kind of leadership role of it. It just was all over the the whole podcast. I thought that was really cool to see. It really reminded me of the time when we opened our yoga center and we didn't think that we were ready. Um, not to say I didn't think you guys are ready or anything. That's, that's silly. Um, but just uh, we didn't think our employees were ready to run the center without our attention fully on it as we put our attention on yoga. And as I stepped away, they just totally grabbed the reins and... Um, completely rose to the edge to the to the um, situation their education levels went up their sense of ownership went up and everything it was just so cool so um, I just want to say thanks that was awesome and I just thought you guys did awesome again I just loved yeah. listening to that episode <laughs> I, also, I also want to give a big shout out to Brian behind the scenes like he, nice. he was holding a lot of that down and uh, you guys don't hear his voice too much but uh, yeah he plays a big role in this too and I don't you know we're all in this together. It's it's like yeah. uh, you know one of the legs go down. We we can find balance, but it's it's still not as easy. So, thanks to Brian and Amy, Wait, y'all y'all made it look <laughs> y'all. easy. Yeah. Oh, listen to you in your southern accent. That's beautiful. <laughs> y'all. y'all, I'm saying I'm typing it now. <laughs> I'm typing y'all, uh, like not ironically or anything. I'm just using it. Um, well, you were missed for sure. Thanks. I, I, but we're, we're glad to have you back. Do you, 
So um, I've ins- inspired, I think I've talked about this in the past, the, a gaming company, well, actually, gosh, I don't even think they make games anymore, uh, a company called Valve, and they have a flat structure. So there is one guy in charge, and everybody else is just, um, th- there's no rank and file. There's no managers. Everybody is considered equal. And really, you can change a job at any time, any day. Their desks are on wheels. Um, they actually have a really interesting employee manual that was leaked that I would encourage anybody out there who... Uh, is part of a business to read. We'll put a link up there, uh, up on the show notes. But do you do you think? What do you think about a flat structure, a flat management structure, or do you think people need manager roles, etc.? I think a lot of that depends on your culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think everyone can have that type of uh, manager or that type of system or that mm-hmm. type of uh, uh, system in place. So a, a lot of it depends on your on your culture yeah there's a lot of variables that need to be considered as i'm learning as we're going along and we're trying to find our way um i like to think we're we fall somewhere in between but it's a very personal thing Mm -hmm. lance do you have any thoughts on that yeah i think um i think a lot of work is is reward based and it's like if i put in this much work what do i get Mm -hmm. uh, rewarded with and i don't know how much that structure works but i know just think a lot of people like amy said culture or lifestyle ways it's yeah. they're motivated by that reward factor which is often money or time mm-hmm. whichever they value the most but, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how that works cool i i we we started out with the float shop as being a, a flat structure i mean obviously sandra and i being being leaders for the shop but um really wanted it to be open-ended for if, if you're motivated by something you know that's that's what you should be doing and uh basically that for the most part, fell on its face. And I think, like Amy was saying, it really depends on your company culture. And your company culture starts with who you hire. And um, the people that we've hired, that that isn't who they are. And they like direction. I think it's really important for our employees to have direction. And we still definitely have a leaning of, you know, if it if it uh, fills your cup, that's that's what you should be doing. And, and we try to find those things. Um, obviously, you know, playing, playing to our employees' strengths and what, what they like, whether they like to, to write or whether they love social media, you know, what, whatever it is, th- those are the things that we want to um, put them in charge of or be part of. But uh, just completely open-ended, we found just doesn't work. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's just... Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's uh, what you pointed out is a very important thing that you still give them an opportunity to take ownership of the parts of the things that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I know that I feel I'm more than a boss, that a, a job should be more than a job. Um, I want to give my employees opportunities to grow and to do what they love. And also, uh, not only do they benefit from a sense of satisfaction, but man, have we benefited. It's just like, uh-huh. I know I brought, I brought this up a few times, but you know, we, since we let them take over Snapchat, you're We've right, discovered right. <laughs> some new um, some new skills that we had no idea our employees had and some interests that our employees have that can benefit us. Now we're going back to them and saying, hey, your videos on Snapchat are like freaking amazing. Hmm. Can you please, you know, do some videos for <laughs> us or have you considered doing some stuff for Nashville nice. or, huh. you know, so there's there's definitely benefits to that. And it's, it is so important. I think that's a I think you found a beautiful way to. Um, enhance their lives and enhance yours. Cool. And the float shops and your clients. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I mean that is the whole idea, right? Is it is it 
affects the clients that I mean that's that's the bottom line it starts with our staff but I mean the reason we do this all of this is, is for the clients and um it, it is a funny cyclical nature of that like I, I prioritize our I prioritize our employees for our um for our clients yet really I'm prioritizing our employees for our employees it, it's a weird it, it doesn't quite add up but it, it all <laughs> it all works out um you know, something that you were talking about on last week's episode were staff meetings, and, uh, and I just got out of a staff meeting myself. We do a, a monthly staff meeting, and it was, it was really funny. You're talking about staff meetings, and you're also talking about how you – oh, I don't think you use this word, but I'm going to use this word – a little bit of a control freak, and – that might be my word because I'm a bit of a control freak and I have a really hard time delegating and letting things, letting somebody else just take the reins. But uh, with our staff meetings, because we were so bad at consistently having staff meetings, um, one of our employees took it over, took over scheduling. And now we have a monthly staff meeting. <laughs> so when I was listening, I would be like, oh, Amy, you should have one of your employees. You should delegate. Have one of your <laughs> employees be in charge of it. And then you just show up or, you know, throughout the month, you take notes on what you want to talk about and then you just show up. It's nice. Uh, that sounds lovely. Uh, <laughs> I think I might know just the employee who might uh, <laughs> nice. like to have that delegation. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I and can do that. Actually, just as one other thing about that, how, how we do it in case anybody out there thinks this is a good idea. We have a um, Google Doc that we keep open that has the, the meeting notes so you can review last month's at any time. But also if there's stuff that you want to talk about, you put that in the Google Doc. And so on that day, we, we hit that, that topic and then that's your chance to, to speak about it or what, what have you. So um, that was cool. Um, today we uh, learned more about uh, balancing our till. We're actually switching over to Helm to balance our till uh, and uh, emergency procedures and making sure everybody's up to snuff on how our float tanks work. We had full tours and just making sure all the valves and buttons and everything, just everybody knows and had a chance to ask questions about anything, which is seems like a no-brainer, but it's funny how, you know, when you've been around for a minute and you have enough new hires on, you can kind of lose track of that stuff. So, um, you know, if the, the, I think the real bottom line is those things should be part of training when somebody comes on, and we, we missed that with this one. So um, do you guys have emergency procedures in case of fire, et cetera, what, what to do? We do. Okay. We do. Good. Good. I want to pick your brain then. <laughs> <laughs> So what is Absolutely. the procedure? Do you kick open the door and say, get out and throw them a towel and then run and, I mean, call 911, then kick open the door? What What do you do in case of fire and you have floaters in there? Uh, me? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, kind of paused. I wasn't sure if it was rhetorical or not. Um, yeah. So in our case, it is call 911 first uh -huh. and all the emergency numbers are right by the phone. And, uh, yeah, then it's uh, open up the tank doors. We do have a key at the front desk, mm -hmm. even though our tank, our room doors are locked, do have locks on them. Mm -hmm. There is an emergency key mm -hmm. so that we can immediately get in. We don't, we don't sit around for something like that. You don't sit around pounding on the door. Right. Um, you can reach inside. We turn off the light if it's not off already. Mm. And, um, yeah, always have a towel in front of us. Um, Got it. But, yeah, immediate access cool. in those situations cool. we don't we don't wait lance do you have do you have any official procedures uh <clears throat> excuse me no it's all in the it's all in the workings right now that's yeah. something is we've been working on our operations manual um we've seen that that's something we we're missing was 
you know, all these procedures and what happens if, yeah. you know, what happens if someone Earthquake. has, you know, someone gets hurt in the float center. What happens oh, right. if there's, yeah, hurt, yeah, you know, this or what happens if someone's in the float tank and doesn't, you know, come to the music or doesn't right. get out at all. Right. So that's, that's a whole manual that has to be created around emergency response. And, mm-hmm. you know, that goes right down to your employees. Who's their emergency contacts? Who's, mm. do they have any allergies? Are they allergic to any medications? Like all these things need to be, uh, need to be taken, recorded. And that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, and, oh. uh, I was going to say one thing uh, that we did from the beginning is, you know, what happens if someone falls? What happens if someone says they get hurt? A great thing to do is to call your insurance company and your insurance company. Ours ours gave us some paperwork that we could keep on, on file that the, the employee fills out and the floater fills out. Um, so if you're wondering where to go to get that information, particularly in those situations, a good place to start is your insurance agent. They can often be very helpful. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, that I think that's an extremely high priority. And it is funny, though. I mean, you're trying to start a business, you know, and then at the same time, come up with all the outlying ideas of emergency situations seems like quite the load when you're already just breaking your back trying to get your your business off the ground. So um, you definitely have incident reports. But yeah, the emergency procedures, it's crazy. We've been open for five years and don't have official procedures for certain situations. That's amazing how something that can take so you know, it can take 30 minutes to jot that together um, right it can, it can bite you very quickly if Absolutely. you don't have them in place and you know that's all part of running a business everyone can sort of go get a name registered and open their doors but if you want to fine-tune it and get everything perfect you know you need the little things like safety manuals mm-hmm. emergency response plans in mm-hmm. place I just want to ask, um, since we're on this emergency response plan something mm-hmm. we discussed um, when this topic came up with us is like just basically what happens if someone spills hydrogen peroxide all over them? Do we have some sort of something in the industry that can quickly neutralize it? Like a soda ash does for battery acid or, Mm. you know, anything like that, that we know of. Well, for H2O2, um, the MSDS sheet, uh, actually has on it to, uh, add water to use water. Yeah. Um, and we do keep a booklet with all the MSDS sheets, even for the most benign things, what you would think would be the benign things like, um, our Lysol cleaner and that sort of Mm. thing. Um, but the great thing about this is any chemical that you have has an MSDS sheet that, that walks you through step-by-step how to, how to deal, how to neutralize, how to, or, or what you can hand over to emergency personnel should they show up so they know exactly what's been, what the person has been exposed to. Yeah. Yeah, hydrogen peroxide, yeah, MSDS does say just to like rinse with warm water for 15 minutes while call, you know, help and all that. But do we know of anything that neutralizes that ting? You know, I know some people have been, or that sting, not ting, sorry. <laughs> uh, I know some people have used like coconut oil, you know, with the hydrogen peroxide burn or, you know, different types of lotions. But do you know of anything that takes that bite away? Or you just got to deal with it. Uh, I don't know of anything. It makes sense that there would be, you know, acid base. Um, you want to mix the two. But um, water seems, I mean, hydrogen peroxide, it dilutes so quickly. Uh, it seems well, it like just, it rapidly sucks the oxygen out of your skin, does it not? Like, isn't it an oxidizer? So that's what it does. So is there some way to get, I don't know. 
obviously nobody knows but um, yeah. if someone out there knows please if if you've been burned with hydrogen peroxide and you found something that you can rub on there and cover it up with please share that information because well, when it does happen it sort of sucks I mean, you're, there's a difference between like neutralizing a chemical burn and then treating well, something that's been it's, burned. It's an oxidizer. It's not. It's not an acid or a base burn. Like it's not that type of burn. So, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But if if you're getting the water off of it, it seems like that's boom. Then it's done, right? Like so, then you just have a burn. You just have skin that's irritated, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just asking if there's if anyone has found some way to make that irritation not irritate, you know. You now, I, I uh, remember this is a this is quite a while ago, and Lance, you might reach out to her. Trika mm-hmm. at One Love Float uh, had mm-hmm. developed a balm that she said worked for her really well. Oh, so yeah. you might want to reach out to Trika and see what she's got. Nice. Yeah, I've I've tried some of Trika's stuff, and it, it works better than anything else I've tried. I can say that, but. Uh, Lance, uh, while I was listening to last week's episode, I started cracking up because you were talking about your monthly meetings and how you have a GoPro going on <laughs> during the entire meeting. And I thought, man, that is classic. Lance uh, loves his GoPro. And I'm curious, do you go back and, and watch those? Or have, I have you? Yeah. Okay. I just basically compressed the file and shoved it in there in case, you know something ever does come up or if we need to watch again it is there you know i want to i've just started recording all this stuff that happens around me and Uh um i want to create a database of information or past meetings that we can build off of and reflect on and grow on but it all it all starts with information you collect the more information you collect the more you have to work with so um for me it's been very simple just to press record on the gopro and that's it you know, yeah, everything yeah. else happens. Yeah. So and it fits in my backpack, no problem. And it's awesome. I just love that. You you've you've become quite the, the king of, of media video lately, it seems. <laughs> it's like you've been rocking those uh those Facebook live videos. Yeah, um, it's important. Consistency, like any yep. any marketing tactic. Like mm-hmm. it's only gonna work if you're consistent with it. You know, you you try one Facebook live video and it flunks doesn't mean you never do one again because yep. it didn't work that one time. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's the one thing I've learned from YouTubers, YouTube video people, is consistency. Even though it's not a weekly program, um, even release it at the same time every every week or every month or whatever your schedule is, people love consistency, and I, I find that very interesting. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm, I'm curious what um, the best time to release a Facebook Live video is. Do you guys have any ideas or do you happen to have information on that? While I don't necessarily know the best, if there is a, a difference for Facebook Live, mm-hmm. uh, if you look at your Facebook page, your business page, uh, there is an area where you can see where your Facebook page is looked at, what times mm-hmm. are more, where you have more people coming to look at your page. Mm-hmm. So looking at those times and basing it on those times uh, is where I'm starting. Cool. And I am keeping track of how many people are showing up mm-hmm. and um, and that sort of thing. But uh Yeah. Nice. Having uh, having that uh, information right there is probably a good place to start for most people. So that was my my look back on on the week. <laughs> I'm how have your guys' this week's been? Amy, how about you? Uh, my week has been uh, kind of crazy. Uh, number one, I'm actually uh, coming uh, coming to you or 
recording tonight from Florida. Right. So not anywhere near Nashville. <laughs> uh, I actually came down here. Uh, my father had a, his liver transplant two years ago or two months ago, and uh, we are down here at his house uh, celebrating. So uh, my week has <laughs> awesome. been a little a little crazy, uh, but for a good reason. I'm still doing yeah, some right? work while I'm down here. Cool. But I've noticed the past week. I'm glad to be down here because Nashville's been having a heat wave. And when the heat comes, we have a hard time filling the tank. Sure, sure. So while it's a frustrating time hmm. and one of those nail-biting times, mm-hmm, it's been mm-hmm. a great opportunity to um, to start focusing on some other things and getting some other work done. Because there's really, uh, at least that we found, really not a whole lot we can do to lure people in when it's about 105 degrees outside. Uh, Lance, how's the weather where you're at? Uh, it's been all right. It's been pretty, pretty hot. It has. Has Not not as rainy as it has been. Has it impacted your floats at all? Uh, well, it's summertime for us. So the fact that it's summertime, it's it, I think that's the biggest impact when it's, you know, when it's nice, it's people are out and, oh no, this, this summer has been good. It's been, it was slow in spring, like a bit, you know, the average slow and then it started to, to pick up and then leveled out and. I think we're staying pretty consistent, but, um, yeah, you know, when it's nice out, people want to be outside. They're camping, there's festivals, there's outdoor concerts, they're, you know, with their families, barbecues, there's so much that goes on. Like, I know when the weather shifts and people go to that hermit mode and all the new TV seasons start coming out and... That, that's when things really pick up for us. I, I think we need to train our floaters and the, our prospective cities that, you know, you can go outside and like, you know, you put showing the outdoors with kind of uh, less less saturation, less color in the image. And then but if you go outside after a float, then boom, those colors are so rich just because your your senses are so heightened. I, I would love it if we were able to convey that to our people that it's it can be awesome to float before or after your your outdoor activity, recover from your outdoor activity in a float tank, too. Um, it's interesting to hear you guys saying that uh, we are having record awesome uh times right now which is uh very exciting and i just completely attribute it to freaking TripAdvisor. the fact that one day we noticed we were on this website we we're ranked pretty well and we started putting out uh, messages to our uh, guests to leave reviews and um, became the number one spawn trip advisor in Oregon. And it's so amazing that we pay no money for that. Uh, but we're a tourist destination. We're something that's unique and we deliver it well. And we are just having an, an amazing time at the moment. It's, it's very exciting. <clears throat> but, oh, uh, I'll wait till a little bit later to bring up the, the but. But there is a, a big but <laughs> on the end of that, <laughs> which I'll talk about. Uh, I always got to talk about the big bet. Um, Amy, is there anything else you wanted to share about? Uh... Yeah, about this week. Actually, yeah. something just came up. I was just thinking about this. Uh, so we are raising our prices mm. for the first time in three years. Mm. Which And I'm sorry, so, go ahead. So the first time ever. First time yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah first big time ever. Big deal. <laughs> big deal. It is. It, it feels like a big deal. Um, even though we didn't want to make it a big deal, um, it's a we we don't feel bad about it. It's a necessary yes. change. Yes. We have a um, very low price uh, for the amount of regulations that we have. Mm. It uh, was becoming unsustainable, so mm-hmm. we we need a raise to do this right. So, 
um, we debated about how to approach a price raise and we settled on, let's just make it subtle. Um, we're not going to trumpet it too much, but, Mm -hmm. um, we put up some signs in the float center and then this last week of our regular price, because we do start the new price on August 1st. Okay. So on this last week of our regular price, we are doing a gift card, uh, a gift card sale. Nice, nice. And encouraging our people to pick them up while you still can at this uh, discount price uh, before the new price changes. So we thought, well, that's a nice way to sweeten that sweeten that information, even though yeah, it's only a $5 yeah. price range. Oh, okay. And our prices are still very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we went ahead and, and, uh, carry that off this week and no one is saying a thing right. or complaining good, or good. doing a thing. So, uh, which is kind of what I expect, but you know, in your mind, I think in yes. everybody's mind, yes. at least to some degree, when you're getting ready to raise a price, there's this, oh my God, everybody's going to revolt and no one's going to come in and I'm never going to have a client again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of that happens. None of it. it isn't that <laughs> funny? Isn't that funny? Yeah, we're, we're really good at having all these ideas, all these reasons to be scared. And a price increase is definitely one of those things where our brain goes super active. And Sanja and I did that recently. We had our, I think, gosh, I think it was our first price increase, or at least the first in years and years and years. I think it was our first. Um, <laughs> okay, we've been <laughs> five years, but, but, but uh, gosh, we've been around long enough that I'm, I'm not 100% sure if it is our first price increase, but I, I'm pretty sure it is. And we were really scared about um, who we were going to lose because of that. And gosh, it, if you can just shut off that fear part of your brain for just one minute and think about how many clients you're going to lose because of that versus how much more money you're going to make because of the price increase, I think pretty quickly it starts making sense that you're going to be just fine. I don't know that we lost any float. You know, our, our schedules didn't all of a sudden get empty because of our, and we raised our price 10 bucks and, um, it wasn't, uh, it, it was a, a long time coming. It should have happened before, or at least maybe even smaller incremental, like your price increase, but, uh, it didn't rock the boat at all. Nobody said anything. It's so funny how honestly scared we were to do that. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're. It's it's fine for you too. Oh, and I think um, having a little sale around it is just a nice way to be like, yeah, we're raising our prices, but check it out. You can get it even on discount right now. Is kind of a nice way to to segue it. Mm-hmm. Lance, how have you been this week? Oh, I've been good. I've been getting ready for vacation. <laughs> I've been getting ready to to check out. Nice. Um, and I've been working on a marketing plan. <laughs> But vacations, <laughs> vacations still happening. Most of my mind. Nice. How are how are you planning for your vacation? Are you like are you getting the float shack ready for you to be gone too? Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of that's happening. Um, just trying to get all the work that needs to be done when we're gone, sort of, you know, done and set aside, and um, just trying to get everything ready that you know I haven't. It's been a while since I've took a vacation, so everything's like tucked in the corners, you know, for camping and stuff like that. So oh. trying to dig all that out and clean <laughs> it up and, you know, still go to work and still go to the float business and, <laughs> yeah, do it all. It's been good. It's been good. It, is the shack going to run smoothly without you? Of course. Nice. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- Matthew, actually, three of our employees, three out of our four, five employees will be gone. 
Oh, well, what? Three out of five of us. Yeah, wow. we're all we're all going to the same music festival. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, uh, Caitlin and Bruce will be holding the shack down, and then we also have wow. uh, a couple of volunteers that oh, are coming in to wow. uh, give us a hand. I think everyone knows we need a break, so they're all uh, sure. <laughs> all ready oh, to support us. That's so cool. I love that. And I bet you even your your uh, customers know that you need a break. I'm sure they're going to be happy knowing that you guys are all becoming an even closer family out at a music festival. Yeah, may- <laughs> maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll make a live video telling their customers that we're all leaving. <laughs> There's going to be a big sale and party at the float shack. Right. We'll see if that works as a marketing <laughs> tactic. Then I'll take more vacations. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's while you're gone. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's, August is a hectic month for me because um, we got ten days off where we're going to BC and going camping and doing that and then we're back for four days and then gone for a week down to portland for the conference damn who's watching the shop while you're in portland uh that will be caitlin and danielle wow bruce so so bruce it'll be matthew bruce and myself going down to portland this will be bruce's first year (laughs) that's awesome i'm excited to meet him he's pretty excited oh that's that's, cool that's something i asked him what he's most excited about for the conference and i I don't think i mentioned this last week i wanted to but um he's like every single day you know i'm explaining the minute details of floating the basics of basics of floating he's like i'm going to be surrounded by people (laughs) that get it you know i can go deeper i can have these conversations and i'm like oh man yeah, man. Like, I never really thought of that. Like, we're that's one of the only times all year that you're completely surrounded by float people, you know? Yes. Awesome. My God. He, um, gosh, I guess we could just switch this into our float conference ad. www.floatconference.com. He is going to love this. He's going to find those people, and you can spend so much time going deep into that that is yeah, awesome i'm excited yeah. for him I, i'm super stoked because i remember like the first few flow conferences i went to it, it completely lit me up i remember mm-hmm. going there and you're like oh sort of nervous and then you're leaving <laughs> and you're like okay i'm so pumped i'm making changes big right. things are happening yes, yes, yeah yes. yeah yeah and you go back and you're just there's a huge fire lit from you mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's from everything you've learned the knowledge or just being around so many passionate people like mm-hmm. it's such a rad place it, it really is maybe it's just portland's so cool it just radiates through all the float people it's mostly just portland it's yeah. just portland it's just portland is that what it's about yeah, it's just portland <laughs> i love it yeah it is uh um i notice that <laughs> it's funny i notice that i don't notice it until after it's over uh, and then I go, oh, that was so special. I was surrounded by people where they understood these things. I could talk about all these things, uh, not just floaters, but but uh, float center owners, operators, and these people who share this vision. And um, I, I don't find that I appreciate it as much as I should until it's gone. And then I go, oh, wow, that was beautiful. That was magical or that was so special. And uh my gosh, I guess good reminder to, to try to do better to appreciate that this year. Like how 
freaking awesome it is. Um, also, it's funny, you talk about the uh, excitement coming home. I think everybody leaves with excitement. We go back to our to the float shop, and it seems to continue for a few days of giving tours and, and talking about that. And I, I always tend to find that I get this extreme exhaustion at the end of the, the float conference. And, and I also always, um, like I've done things like live tweeting what's been going on through, through the blog and um, all that stuff. And so I find myself pretty exhausted. So I think our tail ends of the conference are a little bit different. Amy, how do you feel after the end of, a, end of the float conference? You know, I am so excited and I, I do love to get home and look at my notes and mm. feel invigorated all over again. Um, but I think for us, because the travel oh, yeah. and Lance, you'll have this too this year. You'll have quite a bit of travel. The this travel year. gets me kind of crazy <laughs> and uh, every year. Um, yeah, it gets me a little, little crazy, a little tired. I get back into town and we pretty much hit the ground running and then we work for this year. Uh, we'll work for two weeks straight on the day off. So. So yeah, that feels a little, I, I love the excitement. I can live off of it for a while, but yeah, it's, it's a little, little overwhelming, especially for a little introvert like me. So, uh, I love it. I have fond mm. memories. I learn so, so much and I, I like to, uh, implement the things that would make my life easier. Mm-hmm. Cause by the way, there's always, always, always lots of pearls of wisdom that oh will make God. your life easier at this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I definitely need a, a little vacation for my vacation. <laughs> That's a really good point. And I also am, I don't know where I, I officially lie on the introvert scale, but when it's done, I need to hole up completely. And yeah, if you have to work for two weeks straight after that, that's a challenge. That's a serious challenge. That's very Yeah, probably not the best planning ever. <laughs> <laughs> but so. it's the reality for so many float center owners. But, I mean, yeah, it's hard to manage norm. to get out to the conference. And I mean, if you just opened up, you probably don't even have employees. It could, you might have to either close or just not make it out altogether. And then um, if you do manage to to make it out as a new uh, uh, owner, you probably are going to have to make up for lost time as soon as you get back. So yeah, that's that's the challenge part of it. All the wealth, all the knowledge of information that comes in, all the excitement and everything, it's it's still there. But it's a different lifestyle that we choose for sure. <laughs> yeah. I sort of, I sort of had to turn down operating a booth because I actually, you know, we're honest, we're spending multiple thousands of dollars to go down to this conference mm. and I don't want the whole thing. It's, it's hard to find the balance between what you run and what you have to, you know, learn. Like I want to be able to participate in some of these, these workshops and listen to everyone's mm. speech and, and then, yeah, it's it's it can be draining. It can be really draining talking right. to to everyone for a whole entire weekend. Yeah, in the best way possible, right? Like you're so excited to talk to all these people, and you're putting I, all your energy out there, and then I, I guess because uh, most of us, I guess, we're used to sitting in float centers. It's pretty quiet. It's pretty easy going. <laughs> you clean your float tanks, and then all of a sudden, it's go go yeah. go go go. Talk talk talk. Share all your knowledge with everyone. That's so funny. Yep. <laughs> you know, I Art of the Float made a made a post asking like, how do you run your house differently than how you um, now that you run a float center? How do you run your house differently? And my my thing was that I changed the lint out of my dryer after every use, which I didn't used to do. You chided me for that one, which is which is true. <laughs> safety first. But uh, the most recent one I saw was that they just want everything in their house quiet. You know, like they've become yeah. really accustomed to quiet. Uh, that is so me to a T. I 
cherish my quiet so much more now. Do you guys find that too? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> my house, you're right. Actually, I don't, I don't, we don't have the television because I don't have cable or anything. Come home. Yeah, it used to be television on. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and I needed, and I, it was television on all the way to bedtime. You know, there's always something going on. Now I have to have that quiet. I never thought about this before. <laughs> I do have to have that quiet between shutting off the television and actually falling asleep. Mm-hmm. I have to have my book reading time or meditation time or something. Yeah, I think it uh, I think it affects Matthew more than it affects me. I like I'm still around air hammers and roaring engines <laughs> and like still still the complete oh, opposite of, of a float center. And right, so right. I get my fix there. But Matt, it's it's funny, even if we're closed and I'll have some, you know, little cousins or somebody come in, some family coming in the shop and they're running around. You yes. just see his stress levels oh my go God, right yes. through the roof, especially when it's in the float center. Yes. He's not used to that kind of noise. That is so difficult for me. I, <laughs> we're humans, we're smart, but man, we are still reptilian brain. Once we get trained on something, I can't, I can't handle it. Like Nobody's in, nobody's in the house. It's fine. Shh, just. I know. Just, just do this for me, please. I just—it's for my sanity. Please, just be yeah. quiet. Please, <laughs> please, just don't, don't run. Ah, uh, anything else, Lance? Anything from your week? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Just, just vacation planning, <laughs> doing the marketing plan, trying to project all my marketing for the next year and the tactics I'm going to get it, my demographics I'm going to hit. Getting pretty detailed with it. So cool. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, gosh, uh, I want to dive into a couple show updates, I guess. Uh, things, just little, little random things about the about the show, which is um, so exciting that you guys are are listening. We talk every week. We we put ourselves out there, and people are getting something out of it. Is is um, so tremendously exciting. We didn't know if people were going to show, you know, and you guys are. And uh, I think before I had talked about like I was excited about how many listeners we had, but didn't want to share numbers, and I, I kind of just started realizing like, why, why not? And I feel like we, we share so much about our businesses and everything. Like why not share stuff about the podcast? I, I'm so, uh, we're getting on average 600 listeners a week, which is super awesome. Like the number of people that show up to the float conference are tuning in every week is dang absolutely insane to me. Nice. Um, Thanks guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people get value out of this. Like that's the biggest message to me. Is like they don't tune in once and go, nah. They they keep listening because we we have stuff of value, and that's that's all I want. So I that's all we wanted to do from the get go. Uh, that's so affirming of of what we're doing. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I, I appreciate it so much. We all do. We all appreciate it so much. And. Um, yeah, keep listening. Give us feedback. Uh, you can always leave us a speak pipe as well if you want a format change or something else that you don't necessarily want played on the air, but you want to see different. Let us know. Oh, a, a good. I got a message on uh, artofthefloat.com about uh, inter- my interview with Shoshana Liebner and about how I was cutting her off. Uh, you know, kind of giving a uh huh, uh huh before she was done talking, and that's exactly the kind of stuff. I would love to hear to be a better interviewer and better producer of the show, all that good stuff. Um, that one was an interesting issue where I had an issue with the sound file and uh, what you guys heard was slightly different than the conversation. So I was trying to put my audio in over there two. Ah, boy, I'm not going to get into the details, but uh, <laughs> that, that there was a time crunch and also it, it just wasn't mixed as well as it could be, which is, um, you know, I want to, I want to, 
produce a, a high quality show. Uh, and so that's, uh, that was a nice reminder of that. Um, so yeah, anyways, thank you guys. Uh, we don't ask for any money from the show. We're not getting rich off the ads either. So if you can tell any new float centers or anybody interested in starting a float center about uh, what we're doing here and about the show, we, we genuinely appreciate that. Um, and um, yeah, so thanks. Just just tell a, tell a floaty friend. That's all we ask for. Uh, oh, and also, um, <laughs> I guess if we were to ask for one other thing, it's uh, our products page, which I think we'll be updating soon, uh, just making it a little bit more visually friendly. But uh, if um, you go to our products page, anything you buy through there sends us a few shekels, which is appreciated and because they're affiliate links. And if you bookmark your Amazon page, which would be the biggest thanks that we could possibly receive, it means any purchase you make through Amazon would send us a tiny, tiny, tiny little fraction of your purchase amount. Uh, and ideally, if enough people do that, that, that could add up. So we would genuinely... And it costs you nothing. And it costs you nothing. Just a couple of minutes of time. Uh, we truly, genuinely appreciate that. Um, some cool news. Uh, Justin Feinstein of, of Liber is going to be on the show after the Float Conference. Uh, he'll, of course, be on the Float Conference podcast beforehand. Uh, so we, although he was going to be on the show beforehand, we talked about it and came up with uh, going over what he talks about at the conference on the podcast afterwards would be more valuable. So I'm really excited about that. So A, listen to him on the Float Conference podcast. Uh, B, uh, be there for the Float Conference and check out what he is going to have to say because I can, uh, although I don't have all the information, I can pretty much guarantee it's going to be very exciting and information we want to hear. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. And, uh, and then we hope. Yeah, we hope, but... Uh... <laughs> it's science, man. It's science. Yeah, it doesn't always turn out the way you want it to, that's for sure. But um, definitely look forward to him joining us uh, shortly after the float conference. I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, let's see here. Shoot. I, I also yeah. want to say... Yeah, please. While we're giving thanks to everyone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. come come see us at our workshop you know, at, at our roundtable discussion on the uh -huh. Friday. Give us a hug. Nice. I, I like hugging. I, I want a round table of hugs after a round table discussion. Nice. Round table of hugs. You heard it here. We know what's happening. You know, I think we got to start it with hugs to make sure that we got the right energy. And then afterwards, after things get heated and some people get pissed off and everything, then afterwards, then we do hugs again and bring it back down. Yeah. Bring it back to that good place. Yeah. <laughs> a little hug therapy. Uh, I love it. Right? Talked about a, a, a t-shirt exchange, too, on float take or... Um, yeah, Float Facilitators Forum. Oh, that's so, we should so do, uh, funny. We should organize yes. that T-shirt exchange. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Live on the uh, podcast. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> bring, bring your, bring your T-shirts. Was that Greg Griffin who brought that up? I forget who did. Somebody asked. I think it was Greg to ask to okay. share T-shirts. Yes. And yes. then in the comment section, it just built up to let's exchange T-shirts cool. at the conference. But Oh, awesome. Nobody really knows who's doing it or where. But Okay. Bring well, let's have our roundtable be the, <laughs> even if you're not part of the discussion, um, get them to our roundtable discussion and we'll, we'll uh, at least collect them. Or we, oh just boy, like, do we want to be the collectors of the whole conference, collecting people's t-shirts? Um, we no, we could somehow be the hub. Bring like, bring like five of your t-shirts and trade them <laughs> off for five other t-shirts. Just like they're Pokemon. Just trade them up, you know, build them <laughs> up, you know. Gain that XP. Yeah. yeah. Catch them all. I installed that. Uh, <laughs> collect them all. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, just like, just like the games, they keep adding more. So you're never done. It's great. Yep. Uh, 
But uh, funny that you bring that up, Lance, because I got Greg Griffin's Float Madison t-shirt in the mail, and I posed for a picture. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll throw them up on, on the website. Um, posed for a uh, – so I just took my picture in front of our shop and um, was super excited about that. But Sandra was like, ah, the pictures didn't really didn't really turn out. It was too dark. The, the sun was setting. So we figured, okay, we'll do it with some light on. Come home. I eat a turkey sandwich, and a big thing of mayo hits the shirt, and I didn't know about it. And so finally, I, once I saw it, it was completely embedded in stain. So it's going through the wash, and a uh, little bit of a delay on that. But I'm really excited that uh, that Greg did that and to get the get the photo out. But now I'll, I'll post the crappy versions, which is one, me smiling like, you know, uh, Teen Beat magazine, uh, the one that's <laughs> Sandra likes, and then the other one is me throwing the W symbols because we got the West Side and the Madison, or the, the W and the M. I thought that was pretty baller, but Sandra shot that down. But now that I talked about it on air, I'm going to post it anyways because I feel like a badass. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll bring, we'll bring, bling, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring uh, float shop shirts to the conference. That sounds awesome. Are you going to bring some float Nashville shirts, Amy? Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. We've got a we got a box ready to go, I think. Mark's work. I just have Mark work on that. <laughs> oh, Lance. Yours are going to be like, like uh, uh, what? what's like a rare Pokemon? I don't know what they call it, but, you know, there's some common ones and they're one's going extinct or something. Your, yours is going to be, I'm going to capture the float shack because you're, you talk about changing the logo. No, not your business going extinct, but yours is going to be a vintage brand logo. So yours is going to be in high demand for people. Like you got, oh, you got the float shack before they changed. Whoa, dude. That's worth money on eBay. Like a Pikachu. It's like a Pikachu. I don't even know if that's a rare one or not. My goddaughter thinks it is. That's funny. I believe, I believe she told me correctly. Well, apparently it's a big deal to catch a Pikachu. Uh, Yes. Uh, No more Pokemon talk. That was the other thing I took from last (laughs) week was no more Pokemon. Uh, Yeah. I've discussed the uh, extent of my Pokemon knowledge, I have to admit. I I know nothing. That's funny. You know, oh boy, as I just said, no more talking about it. So I was babysitting my niece this weekend, and she plays the Pokemon. And and I'm asking her questions about how the game works, and she doesn't know the the intricacies of the game. Like, everybody knows that you catch them, but then you battle. There are gyms and all this stuff. And she knew a little bit, but I don't think that anybody actually knows how this game works. I think it's just completely convoluted, and I don't know. I don't know if it's that way, so it keeps the hooks in you or what, but pretty wild. Pretty wild. Although I did hear a rumor that businesses are going to be able to pay to um, be the Pokestops in the future. So Not surprised me at all. Called that one, Amy. You called that one. Good stuff. Good times. Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. That's that's really sweet. I really appreciate it. And uh, it, again, it means that we're doing doing something quality, um, or at least somewhere somewhere near that, I guess. Uh, let's see here. Oh, speaking of which, if I, something that I've heard people saying on several occasions is that they're taking notes during our shows, which uh, is awesome. I think that's the coolest thing that we are providing enough value that you'd actually want to break out a pencil or type on your phone some some notes um, about what we're saying. And uh, if, if that extended to anything in my mind, like we, um, I don't want to say we scattershot information. I mean, we definitely, I mean, today's a bit of anomaly with, with topics and just kind of kind of flowing with things but usually we have a specific topic and we and we talk about that but if you're taking notes on these things on the show uh it means that you are probably in need of an 
quote unquote expert, somebody who has more knowledge on this subject. And uh, it makes me think about consulting. Obviously, I'm a consultant, so I've got um, a dog in the fight, but there are plenty of consultants out there. There are people who have expertise and Heck, even if there's a float center nearby you uh, or maybe a couple towns over if you're worried about the competitive part of it, um, maybe you could take them on uh, or uh, offer them money basically for their consulting time. Uh, basically, somebody looking specifically at your plans can make such an improvement on your business. It can save you so much money, time, and, and headache. Uh, just being able to get from point A to point B sooner and easier is pretty priceless. Um, there are also people who understand soundproofing uh, better than other people. And just being able to have somebody look over your plans, your cost estimates. There are contractors who uh, will say that they understand soundproofing, that you're at the, the right levels. And really, they, they have no clue what a sound what what quiet means to us and what it's going to mean to you. <laughs> so um, I would just say, and honestly, I don't necessarily care that it's that it's me, but I would just say find somebody or you know find a second opinion. I I think about Greg Griffin again. He said he spends five hours a week talking to people that he might start charging for it just because it's very time consuming to to be helping people. And um, but no matter who it is, just. Uh, I would, I would implore you to look at your options for that uh, because, boy, howdy, it, it can make a huge impact on the setting up of your business and, and how it functions and operates. It's just all about saving time and, and money, just saving resources, I guess, in the implementation of your business so you don't have to learn all these mistakes. Lance, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say that's that's came up in float facilitators a couple times. People looking for consultation and wondering what's a good price for consultation. Oh, right. And, yeah. You know, I think that the price is for sure depends person to person, how much knowledge they have, their intellectual property, their experiences, their mistakes, their vision. And not every consultant is going to work well with you. You need to sort of shop yes. around, find someone who yeah. drives with you, who has the same yeah. humor as you, who, <laughs> you know, same worth ethic as you as, you know. John would say, or my business coach would be the the right personality you drive with. That's and, um, perfect. Yeah, like when we no, talk there's, about there's lots of options out there, and it's. I just want to say, in September, I'm going to be quitting my job as a mechanic and I am <laughs> taking applications nice. um, for consulting. I've had quite a few people reach out to me, and I'm cool. always, like you said about Greg Griffin always answering emails and Facebook yep. messages. I'm trying to give out as much free information as I can on mm -hmm. multiple media streams, but it's, it becomes finding that balance of yep. when you got to put value to yourself. So, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, something that I try to find balance with now that I do consulting is how long do I stay on the phone or how many emails do I do back and forth? And I, I, I don't think I'm very good at drawing that line. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't put that out there, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like, ooh, I'm exhausted. And that's kind of okay. That's kind of the price of being in this community that's growing is, yeah, you should you should pay it forward. And at what mm -hmm. point do I say, well, this is worth money? And yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I will be, um, I'll definitely be setting X amount of hours a month. I'm going to allocate mm. to consulting. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to actually do sort of an application basis where I want to find someone who has the right vision I want to work with, the yeah. right yeah. worth ethic, the right passion. I, I don't really just want to work with, with anyone because I, I believe yeah. in that that relationship and and how much that can benefit. So Yeah. Just I, I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um 
Yeah, and as far as I go, I do pass people along as well. So if it isn't a good fit, mm -hmm. I can find, well, not necessarily, but sometimes I'll have a good idea for who, who the right fit might be for that person. And I think when you were talking about the personality fit, I thought about buying a float tank. Like you think you're buying a float tank, but you're buying into this relationship with this business. I mean, that's even mm -hmm. perhaps more true with, with consulting. Like, yeah, the personalities have to jive. You want to be able to spend an hour of your time when you're giving your money to this person to actually enjoy that that time, <laughs> yeah, that seems well. It's it's more like right. my whole life in the flotation industry has built up this wealth of knowledge, and mm -hmm. I just don't want to give that out to somebody who's not going to use that passionately. Okay. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to oh, right. share information with someone who's not going to like appreciate what they're what they're <laughs> getting because like yes. I've made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> I've prevented a lot of mistakes from happening, and that's. I hold those dearly to my heart, you know, mm -hmm. those, um, they come with a lot of stress, a lot of anger, a lot of sad, broken nights when something doesn't go your way, but the lessons you've learned from that are tenfold. So, um, yeah, I, I've really learned to put a lot of value to, to myself and, and that's something I, I've sort of failed at doing in the past, but now I'm starting mm -hmm. to, to sort of see that. And I encourage everyone else, like. If you've been in this industry for a couple of years, you have knowledge, like make sure you put value to that knowledge. If everyone wants to reach out for all the answers. You know, I want to start a float center. How much is it going to cost? What's this? What's that? What's that? You know, if you're going to spend three hours, you know, writing that email, what's it going to get you in the end? It's, I know I've sent a lot of those emails out and never heard responses. Those people mm -hmm. never followed through. They never opened a float center. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm sorry, just ranting now, but <laughs> okay. just put value to yourself and put value yeah. to others in this industry. Because when you're asking yep. questions, you're taken away from somebody who's trying to build their business hmm. as well. And as we are a group of people who always wants to help and share with each other, that's, you know, that's what we do in float facilitators. It's what we do on our social media pages. And mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Here I am ranting again. Don't know where that's I'm good. going. It's good rant, Lance. That's a good one. I think it's an important one. So I, I, I appreciate that you shared it. <laughs> <laughs> if nobody else does, I, I appreciated it. <laughs> um, well, gosh, speaking of consulting, there, there was somebody, uh, one, of, one of my, gosh, clients, I guess you call it. One of my clients said something. He goes, you know, something that you say is that, that I took to heart is that it's okay to be disappointed. And I was like, D wait, did I say that? Do I say that? And I don't know that I use those exact words, but the basically you're going to have disappointment with your overall product because you are going to have a very high standard for what you're trying to create and there's sound that's going to get into your room and you're going to be disappointed with that or you know you're going to find mistakes like no matter how how um detail oriented you are how perfect you try to make it when you get your complete product it's okay that you didn't hit perfection you know like it's okay to have disappointment i think that's um kind of priceless it's something that i keep learning over and over is that it's uh we don't hit the mark perfectly most of the time but what we do is we improve and we we keep getting better and whether it's our soundproofing we keep getting that better or it's good enough for now yeah clients are okay with this environment and yeah we want our lobby to be this but right now it's it's okay as this and i don't necessarily have to I can be, have a moment of disappointment, but then have, you know, acceptance and also then a plan to improve. And maybe that the next improvement isn't for a year, but, but basically that it's okay. 
if you are anyone who's constantly seeking perfection, you're constantly going to be setting yourself up for disappointment. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're seeking to become the best or do the best you can do, um, you'll often set the bar five bars higher than you can ever, (laughs) ever reach. And by doing that, you're disappointing yourself, but to outside people looking in, you're exceeding their expectations for you or, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Sometimes we may not eat our own. Yeah. I think you also yeah. go ahead. And, and actually, I think that's a good thing. I think that's um, that's an indication that you are yeah. striving. You right. are working. Yeah, yeah. So I would be concerned if somebody was like, <laughs> "Okay, I put it out there and uh, it didn't work." So, right. mm-hmm. oh well, life goes on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's an indication you care. It's an indication that you're there to work uh, harder, and hopefully, you've done it in a smart way, like taking taking some notes and um, and looked for solutions or looked to do the next one even better and it's right um, yeah and it's not always about the end result a lot of it when you get to that point of end result it was the journey of getting to that result that you take the most from oh my gosh i think about my construction like our original construction that we did and how i can fix things around the house now like i just know so much about construction even like I never thought that would be beneficial to that extent, you know, like that process of learning those things and not just paying for it as, as high of a price as there was <laughs> mentally or emotionally, it, uh, it has paid so many dividends and an improvement of our facilities too. So yeah, that, that process is important. And let's look beyond construction, uh, but things that didn't go as you planned, you mm. didn't get as much money as you had hoped. You ran into some issues that cost you more money that you had to perhaps, uh, change some change some things in your center or something you thought was going to happen didn't um there's something pretty important about being resilient and understanding that it's not the end mm-hmm. this is not the end if <laughs> yeah, something goes wrong right. and <laughs> that that maybe there's something better out there maybe there's uh, other opportunities that you missed uh, so yeah. that um that's so, so important. I think it's something that we forget, even myself, as I've been going through some disappointments lately, mm-hmm. that, you know what, maybe this is an indication that I need to be looking for some other opportunities. Maybe I'm missing something. And mm. sure enough, I'm finding some some things that I missed the first time around. So, mm. uh, interesting. yeah, it's not just about uh, construction, but it is about the journey. It is about what you learn from it, uh. which is oftentimes a lot more mental than than anything. Amy, I love you so much. You're so awesome. Aww. My goodness. Aww. You're just amazing. Can we have a group yeah. hug? <laughs> Virtual hugs. Oh, man, we get to hug each other in real life, too. That's so cool. And for Aww. our listeners who don't know... I have you all on my list. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Amy and Lance have never met in person, so uh, this, this is a big, big conference for, for us. Um, you know... Oh boy. I'm, I'm having a very difficult day today. I'm having a very difficult day. I feel like I'm juggling a lot in my life and particular business. I mean, obviously I have a baby girl on the way, very exciting, but doesn't require a whole lot of me at the moment. I mean, there, there's, there's planning going on. Sandra's been incredibly easy about it. Like all those things I hear from, from other dads, like, Oh boy, you're running the store all the time and it's exhausting and yada, yada. That hasn't happened yet. Sandra's just been amazing. We've been enjoying the heck out of it. Okay. Anyway. So yes, there's positive there. That's, that's not what I want to talk about. What I meant to get at was I feel like I'm juggling a lot and it, it feels like there are a lot of balls that I should be juggling or plates that, that, 
are on sticks, but I'm not actively spinning them, but they're just spinning in my head. And I'm getting really down on myself for not taking action with them. And um, I, I uh, like, it, it's almost... It's almost like if I take action on them, then that uh, ignoring it means there's no failure yet, but it also takes energy to ignore it. And I'm not getting my shit done, but I'm feeling worse and worse about it. And then and then today, uh, my cat has been uh, super sick and might be moving on, uh, might, might pass on. And so it was like the final blow to me emotionally where all of a sudden it was like all that stuff really came up today of the fact that I'm not hitting the mark that I want to hit. And when we just, we're talking about disappointment. Um, I have the ability and the capabilities to do so much. And I, in the last week or so, and plus I haven't been applying myself the way that I should be, or that I think that I should be to the, to the fullest. And uh, part of it's like how I network, how I work with other people, and uh, other parts of it is just how I ask of work from myself and like not being organized, not having my shit dialed, you know, so that I know what I'm doing when I wake up and the next step of the project is. But then I've got a bunch of projects and how I decide on what to work on today while, you know, things are coming up or emails are coming in and phone calls. And I, I'm just uh, feeling not feeling good, <laughs> not feeling good about it. I don't know if you guys have it. Man. Yeah, right? Do I feel oh. you? Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. No, no, seriously. Um, yeah, uh, we've been having, a, Mark and I have been having a lot of conversations lately about prioritizing, uh -huh. and everything feels like a freaking priority right, right now. Right, it's exhausting. Right? I'm supposed to be doing all this. It's like adrenal um, fatigue of, of tasks. It is. To a degree, it certainly is. Um, but what it comes down to is I find that I'm freezing. Right. So I'm not doing anything. Uh -huh. I get so overwhelmed that it's like I just sit. I literally will waste three hours of a day <laughs> going, holy crap, I don't know what to do. Right. I don't know where to go. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes it's a little tough to kind of rally around and say, all right, here's the deal. You're not getting anything done. Huh. Get your butt in gear and just do one thing. Right, just one, right. One, one, one thing. <laughs> you know, I, and I think a lot of it is this whole should thing. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of things I feel like I should do. Uh -huh. The whole should thing needs to go away, um, at least for me. Yeah. Because I have an awful lot of shoulds <laughs> that need to be put in a drawer for a while um, and, awesome. <laughs> and ignored. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm struggling. I don't think you're the only one for sure. Okay. Uh, this is something that has lately been very, very heavy for me. I've been probably slugging through some things for about two months. Okay. Um, and I'm just now kind of coming out of that, but. Man, I feel you. It can get tough. Do you know why the last two months it's been there, or does it just just came in a wave? Well, uh, for me, um, I've had so many, so many, so many issues starting the second location. Right. Um, right. Disappointment after disappointment. Mm -hmm. And it's been fight, 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 fight. And you get to this point where, you know, after a year of fighting, you're going. You know, I'm supposed to, I'm, I feel like I'm still supposed, I should continue to fight, right? This I just spent a year fighting, so it must be important. Right. And yet at the same time, I also should be doing X, Y, and Z to uh, compensate for the fact that I don't have a second location. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of shoulds <laughs> that I need to say, what really is important? What do I want? First of all, what do I want to be doing? What is my ego? You know, which part of this is my ego? Because right. that shit needs to go needs to just be tossed um and 
let's get back to what I love. Let's get back to what's super, super important. It's a lot of uh, slugging through lists and feelings and uh, just trying to find out what I what I really want. Stuff that I've been ignoring because I've been too busy of, uh, dealing with the shoulds. Interesting. Wow. Lance, do you want to weigh in? <laughs> not, not, not really. Like I felt like I've been going <laughs> through that for quite some time, and then huh. I just sort of had to get back on the Stephen Pressfield War of Art book and see that force of resistance that's constantly around us trying to steer us away from accomplishing what we need to get done. And you know, I sort of implement this thing. If I think about it, I do it. Because I'll often think about it, and I'll say I'll do that later, and I never do it. Right, so if it right. comes to me, I start doing it. And yeah, um, yeah, Amy, you've been through a lot of hard stuff, and that isn't easy. But you got to keep chugging. Like that's that's what we do. That's that's what we signed up for as entrepreneurs is is, is keep chugging. And you know, Dylan, it, you pointed out all the problems you're having, and you know they're <laughs> the problems you're having. And you just have to tackle them. Like the only person that's going to change them is is each our own selves. You know. Um, it's difficult at times, but as entrepreneurs, that's what we do. It's not easy and it's not for everyone. You know, it's the, the hard times when, when these things come out. And that's what it comes down to is resiliency is, you know, that there's going to be hard times, you know, there's going to be a lot of these shoulds, should, should, should. And then you say, all right, I had my time. You suck it up. And you keep moving and you leave behind the crap, you mm-hmm. know, and that you don't really, really need. You don't really, really love. Yeah. And the only person that's going to change it is you. Like, man, I love cheeseburgers and I want to eat cheeseburgers all the time. But no one's going to stop me from eating cheeseburgers except right. for myself. And you know, one thing I'm curious about is if I need to know when I need help. You know, like this is too much for me to take on. I need my community or to develop my community to be able to help with these projects. I think, you know what I mean? I think we do have full community support. You just have to be willing to reach out when you yeah. think you need that point. And if that's what you're doing, I'm sure there'll be a hundred people lined up to, you know, give you a hand. Like, hmm. you know, in, in line with what you were saying, I was talking with a friend earlier about this and uh, he Basically, oh gosh, I, I won't I won't try to quote him, but basically, don't overthink. If you start thinking about yeah. it, just like you said, Lance, and you just get in your own way, and and uh, you don't get out of bed. You know, you, you don't go to the gym because you're thinking about it. But if you, as soon as you wake up, you just put your feet on the ground and and, and get ready for it. it. Like just like do you said, it. You just have, do you, it. <laughs> you spend three hours like thinking about all the things you have to get done in right. that three hours. You got nothing done because you're stressing about the future like right. just the magic of opening up that book and starting to write write one sentence and then i think the magic happens you know mm-hmm. once you once you get past that resistance of like oh i really got to write that document but i should go fold those towels i really need to go fold those towels mm-hmm. ah just start the document someone else will fold the towels you know like just <laughs> just by starting it and just that's the hardest part is getting started. I agree. Starting you know, it is, like, yep. Or if I step away to, from it. You're trying to pull a bus, you know. You got a bus behind <laughs> you strapped to your hips, and you got to pull it. The hardest part is getting that bus to start moving. Yep. And then it's, Once you have the momentum. Yep, 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 yep. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there as, as part of my issue is that, that facing it enough to get started. And I, I got I to gotta start. Um, 
It's to get that momentum. Because I, I think I have a really good work ethic once I get started. Uh, but recently, F and A, man, it's been tough. Going. It sounds like it's, it sounds like you know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know all my projects. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. No questions there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it ain't easy, man. I'm constantly, constantly fighting that resistance, and mm-hmm. you know, I've I've tried to take the word busy out of my life. Um, mm. And replace that with the word productive, but that's been very mm-hmm. hard for me because I know I will constantly stay busy, uh, but right. at the end of the day, nothing <laughs> is getting done. I'm right. being busy doing things that don't help me move forward as a business or as a person or, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Man, that's, a, that's one reason to delegate uh, at your business. Like it frees you up to be able to do those things that are good for your business rather than doing those little things that just help it function yeah but you focus on the big stuff i i I digress there a little bit sorry Mm. what what were you gonna say at the end there lance uh i I was just thinking about cheeseburgers again yeah (laughs) Yeah. i don't know (laughs) nice uh thanks guys i I appreciate it yeah it's uh i hadn't even talked to sandra about that yet so that was nice too i haven't had a chance to talk about today so it's nice to be able to share with that a little bit. And Amy, that actually really helps to know that you're going through something similar and it sounds like on the tail end of it, but just that it is something that we go through, I guess. Yeah, it's just part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, you do it, you grab it, and you move forward. Man, I'm, I'm so sick of feeling down on myself for not doing what I want to do without having even started it. You know, it's so gross. Like, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, my sense of failure or disappointment of myself. So, um, I, uh, I look forward to just doing it. Lance. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean if you took that the wrong way, but man, no, there's, there's oh, yeah, no. just doing it. Like I yeah, didn't exactly. need to be too forward with a lot of that, but sometimes it's, it's that tough love, you know? No, like, it's just too, too cerebral like overthink things too much we're too smart for our own good you know just more animals (laughs) it goes it goes back to being in the now you know not right focusing about yesterday you can't change yesterday you could get hit by a bus tonight so why are you worrying about tomorrow like just do what you have to do now you know, that that's exactly something I've been noticing is my f- attention, literally where I put my attention has been falling apart. Like I've noticed more like ADD style uh, stuff going on, right? I, I this than that, or I, I need some, something with more stimulus and then the other thing too. And it's just, I need all this stuff going on and, or, or onto the next thing. And my focus, like even just paying attention to somebody for extended periods of time has been tougher for me. And I f- almost feel like I need this purge or something to, to reset. But, um, uh, or maybe my just brain as a muscle has, has gotten weaker and is fatigued. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, being able to focus for extended periods of time is just like a muscle. You know, you flex that. You can be better at that or better at zen. And um, I think I've, I've fallen out of that a little Gotta bit. Got to go to the brain gym, man. Yeah, right? It's different work, than a poke gym, Amy. <laughs> work that out. Oh, yeah. Anything Pokemon we, we throw at Amy. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is I'm about um, – I'm really actually the only one in my office that's not displaying <laughs> it as much, but I'm learning. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, Lance did mention a book that I think mm. is fantastic, um, uh, War of uh, War of Art, okay. uh, that I think should be added to the show notes because cool. uh, okay. that was I found that book beneficial. 100%. I, that, I think when it first came out, and it was uh, nice. it's a good book. Yep. Okay. I think it's one that people could add to their lists and 
glean lots of good stuff from yeah. it. You can you can hammer that book out in three hours, Dylan, and you'll finish that book and you'll be like, all right, I'm ready to tackle the world. <laughs> Sweet. Like okay, cool. It lights you up. It's a good book. Stephen Pressfield's the author. Um, is it Tony Robbins that has the documentary, I Am Not Your Guru? Yeah, uh, because I, I heard very good things about that from uh, many multiple sources at this point. So I'm going to try to watch that. I think it's on Netflix. So I'll try to get that down it as is. well. Cool. Uh, awesome. War of Art. All right. I'll let you guys know next week. If I can even start reading the book, we'll see. Or I'll just feel really bad on next week's show about not having read it. Uh, Audiobooks are our Right? Friends. Totally. Yes. <laughs> I'm finding that out. Um Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, before we go to speak pipes, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Uh, cool. Uh, so this one has been around for a little while in my queue. Actually, both of these have been around for a little while in the queue. Uh, and um, so I know that he did get some answers on float facilitators, but I'd also really love to talk about this and just hear what your guys' opinions are on this. So uh, let's play Daniel Haynes's speak pipe. Hey guys, Dan here with Census Float in Grand Prairie, Alberta. I'm going to post this over in Float Facilitators as well, so you might have some answers before this is actually released. But the question is just in post floats. Um, we have a spot, obviously, for the floaters to come out and sit down and, and decompress with us and, and have a tea and whatnot. But there's a large amount of floaters that choose basically to go right from the float room <laughs> through the lounge and then to the front desk to do the checkout for it which is fine if that's what they need and those same floaters are still our repeat floaters and so on and so forth but we're just talking where for me i would like the chance to sit down and talk with the floaters and, and connect with them on that level but with uh, my partner here she's not too concerned with it at all saying that it's like it is what people want to leave that they want to leave like we already have two hours of their time and, and they're probably just getting on toward the rest of their day and that's actually how our floats went with it is that we actually had them later at night and went through it and left and we're completely fine coming back and see so it's not the issue because we are getting repeat ones but I was wondering if there's anything that you guys do to encourage people to decompress and and sit down and take an extra minute for themselves before heading back to real life. Thanks for your time. Cheers. So what do you guys think about that? What can we do and how important is it to keep people after their float? Help them not just dive right back into the world. How important is it? What do you think, Amy? Well, you know, I'm not sure it's something that I can answer. I think that's really an individual floater type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can't predict that. Uh, people process things very differently, and there's really no way for us to know. Uh, we did find, this is something interesting that Mark and I noticed, is that when we opened, Mark and I were always at the float center, and we had majority of our people uh, stay and talk with yeah. us. Most people would just want to hang out and talk. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time, Mark was spending a lot more time in the lobby, and Mark does love to engage people. Mark makes friends wherever he goes, um, <laughs> everywhere he nice. goes. It amazes me every time. Um, but now that he's not in the lobby as much, we find that that doesn't quite happen mm -hmm. as frequently. So uh, I don't know if it had to do with the clients that we had in the beginning as they were really just unsure what to do or uh, – or that it was just the fact that we did have someone there who was engaging them. When you engage someone, they were, they were ready to, they wanted to sit and talk or hang out mm -hmm. or, uh, or engage with the, with the float journals. 
one thing that we have started to do is mention to people, especially first-time floaters, hey, by the way, after your float, those journals over there uh, are used by oft- often by people who come out post-float, like to okay. journal or like to draw. And even if you don't add anything, you might want to sit and check them out. They're pretty cool. There's some really good um, pearls of wisdom in right. there. And since we started doing that consistently, uh, I am noticing more people coming out and taking, even if it's just a few moments, to sit quietly and look through journals. But is it important? I think it's. I think the only person who knows that is the floater themselves. Yes. Lance, how about you? Uh, we just lock all the doors and prevent anyone from leaving. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, again, like Amy said, I think it's a lot of that. Um, it's floater to floater. It's different. And I think it's, it's how you develop that relationship with that client. Um, we've stressed a lot on our relationships with our clients and how we talk to them on the phone through how we greet them when they walk through the door and how, how we greet them, what they say, and sort of just educating them on our space. Um, we always make sure our space is inviting and welcoming. It's a place where I personally would go when I had free time to relax or just get away from life. Um, that goes down from sounds, music in the lobby, um, activity going on in the lobby to lighting. People don't like fluorescent lights. That's going to run them away. Uh, is the sun shining right in your lobby? Is it too bright for people? Like there are so many different factors, but it, uh, I think it all breaks down to that relationship you build with that client and how you educate them on your facility and what you yeah, do. Yeah. Um, if, if somebody feels creeped out by you, they might not want to stay and they might want to leave. And that's, you know, that could be how you're coming off or that could be, you know, it's, it's that relationship. I've no, I've had some people where I don't, we don't drive together. We can't have a yeah. conversation. They come to float and we're not on the same, we're not on the same terms and, you know, yep. there's nothing wrong with people leaving, but you're going to have some people stay, some people leave. Um, just try, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. but I think I think you both <laughs> seem to be saying something very similar, yeah. which is educate the client when they yeah. come in. Let them know that afterwards you can still have a cup of tea. You can hang out in this space. You don't have to get out there. It sounds like both of you, your employees do that. I, yeah. Our employee, Emily, really was the one who started that I noticed really educating people on that and Mm. making a difference with, with our customers of like, don't make them figure it out. It's not just a pre thing. This is, you can hang here. You don't even need to have an appointment to soak your feet, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is your place. Um, And And I think, Oh, go ahead. uh, I was going to say like, not every, if there's a lot of introverted people that come to flow and they don't want to deal with any more people than they have to. And don't take offense to that. Um, by trying to, if you do, I'm not saying you do whoever I'm talking to um, out there. I'm just saying, like, don't you don't ever have to pressure anyone to stay. Right. Just have that platform. Like you, like well, Emily says, educate. Like, how about, uh, how about uh, finding that balance of if that customer wants to. Mm-hmm. So they might want to hang out for an hour, but maybe they want to hang out for an hour chatting. And maybe they just want to have time to yeah. themselves. Being able to really pick up on that, I think, is a huge asset from your employees. And just as a human being in general, I guess. But mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think there's a ton of value to that mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Being able to read. Emotional intelligence. Yeah, being able Emotional to read people and see what they right. want is, is another thing. You know, common, I think, basic. I wouldn't say basic psychology. Is it called psychology when you can see how people react with body movements and gestures and blinking and shaking and sweating? Sure. And, 
you know. Sounds like you have to use your psyche a sure. little bit. Yeah, seems, seems like that's psychology. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a mechanic. I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Uh, yeah. But I think education... Uh, I'm sorry, Lance. No. Go for it, Annie. I think education ultimately is the key because uh, I'm not... I don't have the best um, emotional intelligence. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't always pick up mm. on those things. And I sometimes plow right through them. Mm. So what I have learned is if you educate and give them the choice, they can, you know, can I make you a cup of tea? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you make tea and they will sit. Sometimes they'll take it out. That's fine. But allow them to lead you. And Mm. we do actually, I want to say as well, we do have little signs in our waiting area that say, hey, you're welcome to come and have a cup of tea. Mm. You're welcome to stay afterwards. You can sit over in that corner if you want to just be left alone and you would like some time to read. There's some great books. So education, I think, is key. From there, you're good. Yeah, nice. And I guess I something I think we all take for granted is we've built spaces that people would be comfortable in. <laughs> That's important as well, right? It's just from the get-go making sure that if, if this is a place – if you would want to stay after a float somewhere, that this is a place you would want to stay in the first place. Like, I feel like we all – prioritize that as well absolutely uh the next one is from dan larson who guest hosted the other night and uh i'm excited to play this one and here we go hi guys this is dan at holy float in olympia washington i just wanted to call and comment on the uh the water quality podcast a couple of weeks ago there was some discussion about uh bromine which some of us centers are forced to deal with um most seem to be able to use a, an H2O2 UV protocol, but uh, most of the centers here in Washington State uh, have to use bromine. So sounds like there was some question about how to measure bromine, and I wanted to point out, because it didn't sound like it was uh, clear from the discussion, that bromine is only measurable after it's been shocked. So it's actually inert most of the time, and you use shock to basically activate it and trigger the sanitization process. And that's also the time that you would do the measurements. So for us, we, we shock three times a day, uh, morning, 2 p.m. and end of the day, just to trigger the sanitization cycle and making sure that the bromine is doing its stuff. And then that's also when we take our measurements. So we shock, wait for the bromine to become active, and after 20 minutes, we take our measurements. And it seems like after about 30, 40 minutes, the bromine has dropped all the way back down to being inactive again. So it's not measurable at that point. So if anybody out there is not shocking their bromine as a way to activate it and measure it, and they're just adding more bromine, um, that's definitely something to be aware of. Um, because, you know, as we all know, bromine is not an ideal sanitizer. We try to be as absolutely minimal as possible with it. Um, and using shocking the existing bromine is, is a way of prolonging the life of it in a way i mean you're kind of using it every time that you shock it but it it prolongs the life insofar as you don't have to keep adding more bromine until it gets shocked and used up so just wanted to throw that out there um, i put a post about that on float facilitators too but just wanted to follow up here on the speak pipe so thanks for everything you guys are doing awesome podcast okay see you so one thing that I do want to add to what Dan just said there is I, I did reach out to him before this, and he did say that he uses spa guard shock. Uh, basically, it's a potassium-based shock to be able to get a reading from this. So it's not, like he says, it's not normally there, but if you add, in his case, spa guard shock, then you're able to test it. I mean, I think 
we're probably all thinking that while listening to this. I, I know I did my first time listening to it as I, I didn't know how the heck he was actually, I mean, he said it's not pouring in more bromine. So what is he doing to, to be able to test it? So spot guard shock is what he's discussing. As always, follow us on Instagram. Isn't that right? Lance? Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, Artful Floating. Lance is all over that. And uh, Twitter, of course, Art of the Float uh, on Facebook. And of course, as always, please leave a speak pipe. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, any questions, thoughts, all that stuff. If, if you'd like to hear our opinions or educate us as Dan did, uh, please do. We'll, we'll play that on the show. And I won't be here for the next few yes. weeks. So I will, uh, I'll definitely be tuning in though, but I will not Uh-oh. be here. I will be in the heart <laughs> look forward of to your notes. At a music festival. So if any of you are out there or at a music festival next week in a BC, <laughs> message me. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you some orange slices, Lance. Perfect. And uh, <laughs> we've, got, <laughs> we've got a few um, special guests on for the next uh, sh- uh, couple episodes while Lance is away. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then, my God, it's float conference time. So that's exciting. Man, I hope we see all of you guys. Let's see, we get 600 listeners a week. So that's what probably 600 people at the Float Conference. So as long as we have 100% of the people at the conference who listen to the show, every listener will see at the conference. Perfect. <laughs> we'll see you guys in, a, in about a month here. That, that math made sense, right? Thank you guys so much. Sure. And again, thanks for listening. Boy, we, we genuinely, truly appreciate it. And uh, until next week, we'll see you next week. Art of the Float.